Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about, I don't know what, astrology, perhaps, human design, the frustrations of living in this technical age, and what happens when you know what doesn't work. You might notice everything looks dark this morning, and that's because I, my high-def camera wouldn't work this morning. And as much as I can say they're trying to help me behind the scenes, they are not very helpful when you have to hurry up and get on air. So frustration. Eh. And I can thank probably the sun square Uranus for that because, yeah, that's just the way that goes, right? Uh, let's see. Good morning to people who are showing up already. Christine Buckingham. Hello, Tom. Hello to you. Christine says full moon and freezing temps. Well, I'm wearing short sleeves this morning because we've been in those freezing temps and then suddenly it went up to, it's supposed to be 50 degrees today and rainy and windy. So another one of those atmospheric rivers headed our direction. Um, Tom says dark shows matter. <laughs> uh, what time does this 11 o'clock show start at eight o'clock? right? Eight o'clock. Uh, let's see. Good, good morning, Monique Alexander, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel, hello, and Amy D. Good morning. J-Lo, happy Friday to you as well. And Amy says, we finally have some sunshine today. Phew, we needed it badly. Uh, Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. Well, it's been, it's been, you know, we had snow this week. We've had rain this week. We had sunshine this week. We had freezing temperatures where my hummingbird feeders froze hard and because I forgot to bring them in. And today it is back to, you know, clouds. I think it's probably going to rain and be windy later. And of course, I'm getting on a ferry this afternoon or this evening to cross over to Friday Harbor being on a ferry in high winds might not be so much fun. <laughs> I'll tell you all about that on Monday. Uh, Tom, the show was late coming on YouTube, and that is because I was struggling in the background with my camera, Tom. So I, I apologize for that. Uh, I have, you know, I only had a couple minutes to fix this problem and obviously not enough time to fix it. So today, happy weekend. We are going to be talking about what is going on for the weekend's energy. Starting today, we have that sun square Uranus, and it's already triggering issues technologically. Of course, Uranus rules technology, the high tech. So our computers, our internets, our, uh, you know, high tech gadgets. And then as well, um, <laughs> we have Mars squaring Venus tomorrow or Venus squaring Mars tomorrow. I almost let an itty bitty argument or conflict this morning blow up. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. Venus squaring Mars. You just let that one go. You just let that one go. And thankfully, I was in the know. Somehow astrology can really help you manage yourself, <laughs> especially when you know ahead of time what is happening. And then on Sunday, of course, we have the full moon across the Leo Aquarius axis. And of course, if you watched us on Wednesday, you saw Tam and I, we talked about what's going on for February. We did dive into some of this stuff. So I apologize if it's a repeat for you. Uh, but 
uh, I hopefully have got a few more details for us. But everything begins today, of course, today with the moon in Cancer. The moon will be going through two different gates today in your human design. 53, which is sitting on the root center, moving up toward the sacral center, and the gate 62, which is on the throat center, moving up toward the Ajna. So we kind of see with the moon's movements today that we're trying to start something. The gate 53 longs to begin. It longs to get, it, it's not just longing, it's pressure, the pressure to begin something or to move in a new direction. So it's always called the gate of starting things. And what are we starting, right? That might be the question. Maybe we're still struggling a little bit with that. But I would venture a guess today that with the sun in a square to Uranus, that sometime this weekend, either if it's because of the gate 53 wanting to start something or it's sun square uranus possibly driving breakthroughs or the full moon clearing out something so that you can see your path forward this might be a time when you really get to see what it is that you want to do where it is that you want to go who you want to be on and on and on and then the gate at 62 on the throat center is really one where we have to take a look at the details. You know, in the if you don't have the 62 defined, you might be someone that's better served by seeing the bigger picture. But then sometimes you are lost in the details. Now, the opposite is true if you have that gate defined, and we're all going to have it defined with this uh, moon moving through it today, we might be able to see things that we might have missed otherwise, right? So it's a good gate for seeing the details, although it can get us kind of tunnel vision. So we have to work a little harder to see the bigger picture uh, today. Uh, oh, I don't want that page. I want this page. So the moon in Cancer is a, a sign of home and family and mother and tradition. It is a sign of intimacy where we really want to come together and bond with others, especially family members or our significant others. It is a sign of compassion and the emotional feeling of belonging and the emotional feeling of nurtured and nurturing, right? Being nurtured and doing the nurturing. But also what I like to call soul sharing, because cancer is a sign that will really, they kind of wear their heart there out there on the sleeve and are ready to share with others unless they are in the fearful side of cancer, which can be a, a fear of being vulnerable. Right. Remember, the cancer uh, crab has the hard shell, but it covers this really soft inner um, uh, meat inside or the soft inner side insides. So we have, you know, kind of this need to be nurturing and nurtured and to be compassionate, but also maybe a little bit of the fear around putting too much of ourselves out there. And of course, we can't go away without talking about the emotional energy of cancer. It is a water sign. So we have the emotional energy there. And it is moodiness. This is moon energy. So it's moody, meaning it is ever changing. So throughout the rest of the day, you might have these little ups and downs. Um, the key for emotional energy is try to find the neutral ground. So we might struggle a bit today, though, with that neutral ground. We are very sensitive when the moon moves through cancer, sensitive to our own emotions, sensitive perhaps to other people's emotions, maybe even more intuitive or picking up 
information from you know the ether somewhere out there um, and we may be more easily hurt by other people you know emotional sensitivity can leave us open to being sort of at the whim of another person's emotions and if that happens then of course we end up feeling hurt or we end up you know striking back that's not that's not how we are meant to use this under this un, this energy because it's energy of understanding, right? Understanding one another, understanding what's happening, being responsible for your own emotional well-being, <sighs> all that good stuff. And then, of course, home family and the traditions about mothering. And if we get into the shadow here, we can see that maybe mothering becomes smothering where we get this codependent stranglehold or something on uh, someone else caring over much uh, and or defensiveness is another key word that we can use in the shadow of cancer energy, lacking confidence or hiding from something, hiding out of a fear of something, right? Maybe we hide because in cancer, it could be a fear of abandonment, right? Maybe before when I put myself out there, I got abandoned or I wasn't understood or people didn't, you know, relate to me. So now I'm hesitant uh, or reticent to put myself out there. Uh, it can be insecurity, right? Where I don't feel good enough. I don't know. I, I'm inadequate. I don't know enough. I don't have enough. And uh, or the whole uh, idea of that defensiveness where, you know, I am going to preemptively uh, defend myself against a perceived attack, whether it's a real attack or not, doesn't seem to matter. It's the emotion of that fear that gets triggered. So those are things that we're going to have to watch out for uh, during this period of time. So I see a few other people have joined us this morning. Corey, hello to you. Kajella, it's nice to see you. She says good morning to all. Londa, hello. And thank you, Kajella. This I, was a last minute put on. Uh, I realized this morning when I got up, I did not turn the heat on. So I was wondering why earlier I was so warm and I put on a short sleeve shirt and then I checked the temperature in the house. It was 60 degrees and I went, oh, okay, this is why I'm chilly. So I had to go turn the heat up. Uh, Londa, my friend, it's good to see you out there. Christine Buckingham says those colors look great. I love these colors. They are my favorite, favorite colors. All right, so now let's start breaking down the energies for the weekend. Let's look at the sun square Uranus. Now this is a transit. That means the sun in Aquarius is squaring Uranus and Taurus. What do we know about a square? right? Squares are a little bit challenging. Actually, they can be a lot challenging. And yet they bring us that, that sort of hidden uh, impetus to change or to do something different or to be something different. So it squares are, you know, the, the energy, the fodder, if you will, for movement forward, for change and for transformation, literally. Now, the sun represents our ego energies, who we are, you know, in our personalities, who, who we are at that ego level, right? We, we have egos. That's just plain and simple. We have that. So we, we own that, right? You have an ego. You don't have to let the ego run the show, um, but you have an ego. So you might as well, you know, be okay with this. And Uranus rules change or exploration of change. Uh, sometimes surprising lightning bolt sort of uh, things that can happen. And the question that I think we're all maybe grappling with, or if, if you're not grappling with it, you might soon be grappling with it, uh, is where has your life gotten stagnant? 
right? Where, where is that rut that you're in or what is that rut that you're in and what's preventing you from pushing out of it, right? What's preventing you from taking the next step perhaps? And that question then is uh, something that you can proactively use as the opportunity to break through. And, and I say proactive because, you know, Uranus usually doesn't take prisoners, right? He's going to, he's going to create a pathway to change or to that, uh, that breakthrough moment. And if that happens, usually we end up in some sort of resistance. But if we're proactive, if we're looking for something to change, if we're looking for where it is we've gotten stagnant and where it is that we want to make some changes, then it's a whole different feel, right? Rather than something happening to us, a la Uranus, it's something that we do for us for ourselves and that he's just helping us to move forward with that energy. So what can we do? Well, embrace change. Be proactive, right? Take those steps. Um, he could also bring us this energy sun square Uranus can bring us opportunities um, or opportunity to change that we haven't maybe had or maybe we weren't willing to take that opportunity before. And now we might be a little more willing to take that, that opportunity. There's also ego conflicts that are a potential here uh, because, you know, the sun is our ego selves, right? There's a, the sun is the primary uh, light luminary in, in our system, in our solar system. So it is the energy that drives what's happening. And as he moves along and, creates connections with other planets this is where things happen right it gets real <laughs> when he 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 starts to move into other planetary energies so he's moving into this uranus energy he's the faster moving body the sun moves a degree of the zodiac a day so we always will say it as the sun or the faster moving body squaring uranus so it's the sun's forward movement that creates the square. So we can see it's not Uranus this time that's moving into a conjunction with something. It is the sun moving into this conjunction. So it does have a little more force to it, perhaps, or a little more feeling of, of uh, destiny about it. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think of manifest destiny, but that's like more countries and things like that. But there's something about it that feels right, that feels timely but it can also trigger that fear response within us. And we may become more rebellious or more impulsive during this time. Um, it might you know, exaggerate that more rebellious uh, side of ourselves or the contrarian within you. And that can see us you know, pressing backwards against the tide, uh, or maybe we can just release and go with the flow, right? Going with the flow of the tide and where it is taking us. Um, I think of this as being kicked out of our comfort zones, right? Being, son, kick you out of that place where you've gotten stuck, where you've gotten stagnant, where you've gotten rutted, where you've gotten rigid, and uh, bringing in some new energy. <clears throat> I'm thinking of the Cancer moon here today. So we actually have the sun squaring Uranus today, but it's activated all weekend, including at the full moon. So it's not like we're done with it after this moment. But, you know, it's taking on one character today 
uh, as the moon in Cancer is triggering, you know, sometimes those security needs or uh, where it is that we want that stability or where we need, you know, to feel secure. Uh, or Cancer can sometimes be, you know, sort of in cahoots with that comfort zone, right? Where I'm comfortable here. Why should I move? right? I like it. Now, Cancer is also a, a cardinal sign. It's cardinal water. So it does have some initiative to make changes. But when you're being kicked out of the comfort zone, that can be a trigger uh, to that need to feel more security or stability. So all in all, be willing to change, embrace it, go with it, don't fight it, because to fight it means that it can bring up the more e exasperating uh, sides of that, which is, you know, fear, really fear. So watch risk taking though, too, because we can get a little more brave during this kind of transit and do things that are a little more risky. And that might be risky with our resources, our, our money or our time. Uh, it can be taking risks with our bodies and doing things that we know we shouldn't do, going places we know we shouldn't go, eating things we shouldn't be eating, that kind of thing. So we have to balance that need to move forward and to release somehow that impulsive energy that's building up, but we need to do it in a safe way. God, does that make sense? Let me know how you guys are feeling about that. Hello, Natasha. She says, yes, changes are happening. My partner with one of my shows triggered a wave of guest possibilities, and I'm seeing where my ego and little sabotage is lurking. 12th house stuff, I would presume. But also, aren't you a triple cancer, Natasha? So you have a lot of that cancer energy uh, in your uh, chart. I don't remember if you're a triple cancer or a double cancer, but either way you look at it, right? This is the time where the moon might be having you take a look at those places where you have been sabotaging yourself. Uh, and maybe it's a really great time to stop doing that, right? Stop it. Stop it. Uh, okay, questions, anybody, you can certainly put those uh, in the chat, or if you want to ask a question about your own chart and how this is playing out for you, certainly feel free to do that. Now let's look at Saturday. Saturday, the moon will move into Leo at West Coast time, 0049, 49 minutes into the morning, uh, and that would make it 3 a.m., 3.49 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And the full moon will happen uh, later on, of course, in that day. Uh, but the moon in Leo, what is that going to be all about? Well, the moon in Leo really seeks self-expression. Self-expression meaning our own voice. We, we like to hear the sounds of our own voice. <laughs> but we also like to see our passions being expressed out in the world, right? So it is a sign that as far as self-expression is concerned, isn't just about what we say or are we being heard, although that's key too, but, you know, having passion for your own ideas and actually, you know, demonstrating those ideas out in the world, if it's artistry or if it's art or creativity or music or poetry or dance or any number of ways that we could be creative. Is it through business? Is it through home decoration? Is it through making candles? cooking, all these different things, right? It's about a time to express your passions, your passions. And at this point in time too, with the moon and Leo, we're eager to give and to share of ourselves with others. And, you know, 
frankly, it comes because, you know, the moon and Leo kind of likes an audience, right? There's, we have this need to be able to be the center of attention in somebody's world. Um, so having an audience or being in an audience uh, is important for this kind of uh, sharing. Uh, you have to have somebody that's willing to listen, somebody that's willing to see. And sometimes then, you know, some of the little negative things that can happen is if we're seeking attention inappropriately, right, seeking attention by being boorish or, you know, putting the lampshade on our head and dancing on the table kind of thing to get attention rather than getting attention in a more responsible sort of way or in a way that's more inclusive, right? Rather than calling attention to yourself and being the class clown, let's get everybody involved in some kind of game or play or something fun because fun and games and play are also about the moon or are in the moon with in Leo. Celebrating, celebrations. We're going to Friday Harbor this weekend for a, a little vacay, but it's also to celebrate my grandson's birthday. He turned six. We're going to have fun, right? A family affair. And in, in that, it's also a bit of a vacation, right? Time for me to get away from my god-awful computer. I love you, computer. I really do. I don't mean any badness towards you. Uh, but all this week has been like one troubled thing after another. Uh, and so just to have fun, just to go play, to, you know, get work off your shoulders, to, you know, do something that's exciting and different. It is also the sign of love and romance in the astrology chart, the natural wheel of the chart, Leo rules the fifth house of fun and play and love and romance and children and in some cases, risk-taking as well. So it's a time for us to be happy together, to treat each other with love and respect and make somebody feel like they're the king or queen of your world or they're the center of your world. So in our interactions with people, you know, really listening to them, making them, you know, being present, present with them and making them feel as if they are the most important thing in that moment. But then as well, you're also in the position of wanting that for yourself. There's loyalty here with this moon, right? We can we can kind of get stuck in that loyalty, being loyal to a, a fault. Um, drama in love, drama in romance. So those are things that we also might experience, and that's exaggerated a bit because we also have Venus in a square to Mars tomorrow, and that is already a potential for conflict in our love relationships, but I'm going to, I'll dig into that in just a minute. So what do we have to watch out for with the moon in Leo? Well, of course, we're going to have to watch out for ego taking over the show, right? Being overly self-centered. I like being self-centered, right? From a center of self that I have the energy and the wherewithal to give to others. But in the negative aspect of Leo, we can get overly self-centered and uh, that can, you know, even become selfishness and even become vanity or narcissism. These are also some of the negative aspects of Leo energy. Now, there's a double-edged thing here for you to know, right? We have the moon in Leo starting tomorrow, but the new, the full moon is also going to be in Leo energy. So understanding Leo is an important thing for everybody. And, you know, the best way to think about this is to look at your own astrology chart and see where Leo energy is. You know, I have I have Leo on the second house in my own chart. So I always look to 
you know, maybe self-worth or confidence issues, or, you know, sometimes I start giving money away or buying things in a way that, you know, is kind of frivolous. And so I, I, I'm going to be watching the second house issues uh, with the sun in Aquarius on the other side in the eighth house. I might also have to, you know, be aware of uh, debt or what, you know, if I, am I spending money on things that are, uh, like lotteries or uh, casino spending. There's not a casino in Friday Harbor. I don't have to worry about that. But at any rate, so, you know, watching that whole axis in your own personal chart so that you understand where these pressures are coming from. Now let's look at the Venus square Mars, shall we? Uh, by the way, let me say good morning. Uh, double cancer, Natasha. Okay, thank you. Asa, good morning. It's so good to see you out there. Michelle, hello. And Natasha says, my plan is to navigate through these observations and rise above to get on the dance with, get on with the dance of life. I'm actually going dancing tonight <laughs> to move my crab energy. I love it. Uh, and Leilani, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us this morning. And it's good to see everybody out there. And again, if you have questions, go ahead. I, you know, like I noticed, Michelle, you're out there. You're a Libra. Asa, you're out there. You have your own moon in, I'm not a Libra. Oh, my goodness. Michelle is a Leo. Asa has her moon in Leo. So, and Natasha is married to a Leo. So we, and Londa, you're a Leo. So we can go on and on, right? Leo is prominent in uh, our lives. A few of you out there have it more prominent perhaps than others. So it is definitely a full moon to watch, right? Because that is an important thing. In a minute, I'll take you through the human design gates that the full moon is going to be in or that the moon and Leo will trigger in us. But let's deal first with that Venus squaring Mars. Now, when you think about Venus, she's the feminine principle. She rules love. She is the goddess of love. She rules more of that romantic, um, the, the more sensual love energy the connection to relationships, right? Taking love and putting it into intimate uh, connection. And then there's Mars. And Mars is the more masculine principle, the more dynamic principle, the more sexual principle of the two. So Venus is looking at sex as an intimacy type of thing. Mars is looking at it more as physical release. And when they come into this square, this can stimulate our desire nature. So we want something, right? We want something. We might want or feel the need for more intimacy. We might want or feel the need to get more for uh, what we do out there in the world. Venus also rules money and self-worth and all of that, you know, self-esteem and self-confidence type thing. And Mars is pretty much the aggressor or the assertive principle. So his his energy is about let's get on, right? Let's get moving. Let's keep it going. And remember, he's just freshly out of retrograde. So he's kind of raring to go. And now we have this kind of box between the two of them, which can breed some conflict or allow things that have been simmering below the surface, maybe through Mars's retrograde time to kind of come up to the surface. Now, I would say typically that might just come up and be a minor conflict, but with the sun squaring Uranus also, we might have these sort of explosions that go on where we can no longer tolerate 
the conditions, right, where we've been maybe feeling very caught up or limited or locked in. So we have to be able to take this energy and use it consciously, purposefully, right, in a proactive and positive manner. Otherwise, it can explode and, you know, be full of charged energy. And the littlest thing can end up being the biggest drama, right? The biggest fight of your life over something stupid, right? Something dumb. And yet there's this extraordinary creative energy. When we can channel that anger or that that angst that we might be feeling and we can channel it toward creative energy, the expression through art or the expression through uh, any number of creative outlets, then we are using that energy in a very positive way. And then that square, instead of rattling our nerves or creating, you know, relationship issues can really be a, a, a sort of siphon off of that, you know, angry uh, conflict sort of energy. So uh, we can maybe even break through something, right? A creative block that we've had. Uh, so think of it as a creative breakthrough, perhaps. Uh, but again, you got to stay out of the more negative aspect of this, which is that anger rising, right? I felt that anger rising this morning when I couldn't get my damn camera to work. And I felt that, but I, I thank God you guys are out there. As soon as I see, I don't see your smiling faces, but I know they're there. And that just makes me feel so much better. So lean into what you love, lean into the people in your life and the good things about them rather than the things that are annoying. And that could be a whole lot better for you. But we also have to be discerning in relationships. This energy can sometimes trigger our, you know, like Natasha, if you were a single woman going out dancing, it might trigger that desire aspect to, you know, get into a one night stand situation or even within relationships that you already have, there's always the potential with Venus squaring Mars for some kind of, 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 uh, affair of the heart to get up and take away, take you away and, you know, doing things that you might not ordinarily do. So being very discerning, right? Is it a harmless flirtation? Uh, and does that harmless flirtation turn into something more torrid, more dangerous even? So watch for that. Watch for love and anger, right? They're opposite coins, right? Venus is the love principle, but Mars is the anger principle. So, and it's a it's a fine line from anger to hate, right? So we might have that love and hate, love and anger kind of energy coming up. In, in the uh, natural astrology wheel, this is the Aries-Libra kind of axis, right? Where Aries is ruled by Mars and Libra is ruled by Venus. And there's always the mirror then, the mirror effect, which is why, what am I seeing out there that's triggering my own inner angst or my own anger or my inner conflict, right? So there's that. Then it can also be peace or war, right? Peace or war. Do we want peace or do we want war? I've been uh, paying attention to this one story that triggered me the other day uh, where some muckety-muck military guy, I can't remember what his name was because I just was breezing through the story, uh, who was predicting that within the next two years, the United States would get into a conflict with China. And of course, that is one thing we do not need to do. And then, of course, yesterday they discovered a balloon, a balloon, a spy balloon. And of course, it was from China. 
right? You start to see the saber rattling going on at this period of time. That's out in our outer world. But what kind of things in your own personal life might be the saber rattling, right? What things are you seeing that you're, you know, drawing a parallel with to another experience you had and you drag that anger from, you know, things that have been left untaken uh, care of or unresolved uh, and you bring it into your current relationship. Eek! That does not make for a positive relationship. And it's exactly those kinds of things that can pop up during a moon or during a uh, Venus squaring Mars. So how do we release it? Well, physical exertion is one of the best ways, right? If you are, if you have something to do that's creative, if you have exercise that you can do, take a walk, get out into nature, um, you know, do something right with your body. Uh, sex is another great way. If you have a partner, you know, there's that as an exercise or a release. But the physical tension being released is one way to keep that anger from spilling out of you uh, from the triggers that that might be um, showing up. Now, when we look at where Venus and Mars are in human design, we get a little bit more of the story. So here's where I felt a little bit I felt a little bit more comforted that it's not going to be big blow ups likely that it has maybe more creative energy. Now on uh, today where Venus is, or tomorrow, excuse me, where Venus is, is the gate 37, which is called the gate of peace, right? It's about how we come together and blend our energies with family or with friends or community. And it typically is peace, but everything on the, and it's on the solar plexus, but everything on the solar plexus is an, or the opposite. So we have peace, or we don't have peace, right? We have peace or we have angry or, or war or upset. The other gate, now that's the last day. So so on Saturdays, the last day she's at 37, she moves over into the 63 on Sunday. So Venus squaring Mars is still activated during the full moon. Literally, I think it's some like 16 hours difference between the exact connection of that square on Saturday to the full moon on Sunday. So it is still activated and it is still present in that full moon. And the 63 is on the head center and can be a source of self-doubt, right? Where maybe some interaction between you and someone, maybe between your, your loved ones, uh, creates a pathway to self-doubt. It can also be a place of be, having to be very discerning about who you're being in relationships, um, using your mind in a way that's discerning as opposed to doubtful and, of course, not doubting yourself. So Venus has two different characters that she plays out in that square. One where it's like family orientation and, you know, creating a pathway to peace but then the other one that triggers doubt and suspicion or even sometimes guilt, you know, about how we behaved maybe the day before during the square. <laughs> uh, then Mars, where's he? Well, he's on the throat center at the gate 16 and the gate 16 is an energy of uh, um, uh, in quantum human design. I think it's called zest, but I like to think of it as enthusiasm, the enthusiastic voice, right? Sharing enthusiastically, but it can also be where Mars can get a little bit uh, overboard, um, you know, being a little more raucous, being a little more loud, being a little bit more overbearing, overbearing over the Venus uh, part of ourselves. So again, 
be careful, right? It's not, it could use the energy creatively to get, you know, what you want to use the energy to break through in a creative way to get to a new place in your life or a new place in your business or in your relationships or in any other way than uh, creating havoc, right? Don't create havoc. Uh, all right, questions. Amanda J, good morning. Um, JLo says, I have Leo in my third. Uh, for full signs, for, for the whole signs thing. And I, in Campanus, uh, it's in the second and third. Yeah, in some, uh, she's talking about house relationships or house designations. How do we count the houses in our uh, astrology chart? And I've been using the whole sign, which means no matter, everything that's in Leo is going to be in the same house. Everything in Virgo is going to be in the same house. And I love that. It makes much more sense to me. But there are other systems out there, Placidus for one, Campanus for another, Cock. Uh, there's a lot of different ones that are using a house system that splits the house into two different places or sometimes has included houses like or included signs, excuse me, in a house. So it might start at Aries, has all of Taurus in it and then goes on into Gemini. How do you read the energies of the planets when that's happening? So I do pay attention sometimes to Placidus if you're born Southern latitudes. Um, but for the most part in mid latitudes, uh, births in mid latitudes and even better for northern latitudes, uh, whole sign works a whole lot better. Amanda J says she's absolutely feeling that right now. Her moon is in Leo in the fourth. So how do you set up your foundation, right? Your family orientation or your family of origin, uh, traditions, mother, all of these kinds of things. How do you take care of yourself? Lots of things there. Christine Buckingham, Uranus retrograde in Leo in the fourth house. Again, same with you, home and family. Um, so are you telling me then, Christine, that you have, oh, okay, oh, that's not the eighth gate. I was thinking eighth gate, that's not Leo. Okay, gotcha, eight degrees. <laughs> I was reading that wrong. Uh, so, okay, great. Mars is transiting Amanda's second and Venus in the 11th. So Mars in the second house may be having to deal with how you're spending money or how you activate your self-worth and your own natal value, your own intrinsic value in relationship to your colleagues or your associates or your friends or the people you hang out with, or even better, you know, because the 11th house is also about your dream or your your uh, your goals, your aspirations. How do you activate in a worthy way the dream that you have for yourself? How do you activate your dream self, your dream goal, your dream life? Right. That could be a big one. OK, now uh, what else did I want to look at? Let's look at the full moon then. So. We, during the full moon, have the sun moon in an opposition, right? That's what uh, is the, the, the aspect pattern. But we'll also have the sun moon in a square to uh, Uranus. And that's kind of all about why we've been talking about that, you know, breakthrough energy or that, that energy that is taking us into new territory, you know, driving change or transformation. 
then we also have Venus in the square to Mars. So essentially the sun and the moon are creating a T-square to Uranus. And I know we've talked about T-squares before. Uh, I'm going to show you the chart here, but I unfortunately highlighted it in orange and yeah, yellow, let's purple isn't going to do it. Well, just look at the T square here. I'll point it out because I also did the Venus square Mars. Here's the sun and here's the moon. That's the opposition. That's what an opposition looks like in a chart. And then here's Uranus over here. So the T square is the, because this forms a T, right? If you look at it, there's the crossbar of the T and then there's the leg of the T. And it is then the sun in a square to Uranus and the moon over here in a square to Uranus. Highly activated, right? And it is, it kind of looks like if you, if I drew the lines in, it looks almost like an arrowhead with a point telling you where do you have to go to solve the tension of the opposition between the sun and the moon, you have to go to Uranus. You have to go to change. You have to go to embracing the unexpected. You have to go to the clearing of the air, right? To breaking the spell of stagnancy. Mm, that's how you get out of the, uh, and actually Leo and Aquarius both are fixed signs. So the way to break, so that's funny. So the way to break the fixed sign is to go toward uh, Taurus, which is also a fixed sign. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it sounds like taking deliberate steps, right? Deliberately moving forward with a more earthy groundedness and simplifying, right? You guys, this is so funny. Like, you know, I, I am an intelligent person. I have a lot of brains. I have a lot of smarts. I do a lot of reading, right? For But for all my intelligence, sometimes I miss the obvious, right? So yesterday or Wednesday after talking to uh, Tam uh, on uh, the morning show, we were behind the scenes just, you know, saying our goodbyes. And she was telling me about her, something about her newsletter and all that. And I'm like, how on earth, Tam, do you get all that done? Because like, if I'm seeing clients, I don't have time for social media. I don't have the time to do newsletters. And it, I feel like it's been my Achilles heel, right? That I'm not getting, you know, messages out there to people because I just don't have the time because I'm working with people. And I'm like, how do you do it? Because she does that. Say, she works with clients. She goes, I'll tell you my secret. I hope she doesn't mind. I'm going to share her secret because you guys might be able to be this commonsensical. She said, here's what I do. I take the last week of the month and I don't see clients. I block off my calendar and I do all of my newsletters, all of my social media and anything else that I can't get time, I don't have time to do on that week. And I was like, mind blown, right? Because I could do that same thing. I'm the mistress of my own calendar. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. You might notice that if you're trying to get a reading, I, it will be difficult to do that the last week of a month because that is when I'm going to start doing that. Simple little things can create big bangs for your buck, right? So keep that in mind. It was so simple. I just take those days off and that's when I do it all. I went, oh, because when we do newsletters and such, we can schedule them for ahead of time. 
right? I could schedule, you know, 30 days out with all of my social media. You just have to have the time to do it. Ha, huh. amazing, right? So it's the littlest thing. Uranus is driving the littlest thing, the simplest thing that could have a very big effect. Some little change. It could be a change in your attitude. It could be a change in, you know, bigger changes, a change in your work, a change where you live, a change in your relationship, a change in your habits or your routines that can create a big pathway to change. It doesn't have to be big life altering events. So be aware, right? Be aware and be open, you know, ask the question of somebody like I did. How do you get all that done? Uh, right? Uh, try detaching from the drama of life as well during this period of time. The full moon is like, stand back, kind of stand back, step back and look in. Detach from all of that drama before you respond to something that might be a trigger, right? I did that this morning. I stepped back and didn't let a conflict get bigger, right? Because I did not feed into it. And as it turned out, I just walked away, right? I was able to just walk away. I didn't have to make it a big fight uh, to start our, our Friday morning off with a big fight. I just walked away. Walk away, right? Change. Do something different. Be different. Um, there's also an element of excitement in that. Uh, Uranus and the sun and moon being in that square could bring us some excitement, some exciting news, perhaps. It's not as excitement news as it is when it's Mercury that's involved. But there could be some exciting, you know, things that are ahas. Like to me, that was pretty exciting yesterday, <laughs> Wednesday, whatever day that was, because I'd never thought of doing it in that way. So small things can be creating some excitement, some creative energies that uh, we haven't maybe experienced in a while. Um, the Mars square Venus is also, or Venus squaring Mars is also activated during that full moon, albeit, you know, Venus is a little bit ahead of Mars in that case. Mars is going to be at 1123 of Gemini and Venus at 1201 Pisces, still pretty darn close, less than half a degree apart. And uh, that that makes that activation there as part of the full moon. But remember, a full moon is a time for releasing. So maybe there's some part that of, of your relationships that you can release. Maybe there's some something that will be revealed to you because the full moon is the full light of the moon. Maybe there's some revelatory thing for you. Something some, I could have had a V8 moments, right? That was a commercial that we used to have. Oh, I could have had a V8. Uh, so be open, be, you know, be, greet everything with open-mindedness. Don't shut down first. If we shut down first, then it's surely going to lead to, uh, poor feelings, right? Not good feelings about the changes that we have to make, uh, and what have you. Now, if we look at this through human design, the sun is going to be in the gate 13, is in the gate 13 as of today, <clears throat> as of yesterday. <laughs> The second, today's the third. Uh, and the 13 is a gate that really is about creating our story. So I want to talk about this for a moment because, you know, we all have stories that we create. You know, anything that happens in our life is attached to a story, right? The story 
of uh, a conflict, the story of, uh, of, a, of an argument, the story of a failure, the story of love, the story of, of gratitude. I mean, everything comes with a story or it doesn't, it doesn't come with the story. We attach a story, right? We create the story to go with whatever it is that happens. And that story is self-created, self-generated, right? So in, if we're creating our story, then it stands to reason that we could look at what is it that we're creating? You know, what is the story that we've attached to? What meaning have we attached to whatever it is that's going on in our lives? And maybe what you need to do first is to look in and then forgive the past and then redefine yourself, redefine the experience, right? We've all had experiences that weren't pleasant, but does it have to be what characterizes you going forth? Or can you put it in its proper perspective? Make your story an empowering one. Make your story a self-loving one rather than, you know, one that drags you through the mud, right? You're the creator. No one is writing that story and popping it on your forehead and saying, there's your story. Stick to it. Just doesn't happen that way. You're the one that creates the story. The story can be generated by the experience for sure. But then how do we deal with that story? So um, make the story authentic to who you are and to your experiences, right? If you're going to, you know, a, a big part of the gate 13 and the 33, which was the earth last week, a big part of that is about how do we share that story with humanity, right? Are we sharing it in a positive way? Or are we continuing to carry on the stories of death, disease, war, all that, right? Conflict. So what is the story? Make it authentic to who you are and your experiences. And yeah, we authentically may have experienced pain, but this is what I learned from it. This is how I use that pain to go forward in my life. Because your experiences and the way you share them can be very helpful to other people right? That's the key. We want to be able, we're sharing the, the common stories of, of whatever it is, of love, of, of education, of, of anger or upset, of whatever, right? We, we have common things. But how did you rise above it? That's what I would want to hear. Like when I listen to politicians, you know, I, which I don't do very often because they just don't do this. I want to hear their story about how they're going to help us. I don't want to hear about how the other person failed miserably. I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about what you can do. I want to hear about what you want to do to inspire me. But do politicians listen to, uh, to people? I, I don't know. I don't think so. If they listen to syncophants. Now, let's look at the earth. The earth is always going to be the one that creates the drama or the little trigger right? She's the one that is going to cause us to rise up to the challenge of evolving toward the sun, right? In the gene keys, we see that very clearly, that the earth's placement is the driving force of evolution so that we can achieve the highest of the sun in our charts, right? So the earth is at gate seven, and uh, the gate seven is a, a Leo gate that is all about collaboration, so interesting, right? Collaborating. Collaboration is in order. Can we work together and collaborate? 
to solve problems or to go in new directions or to create or to invent something new. We have to release the need to struggle and fight to fulfill our purposes here in this gate, right? Everything seems, even in, in politics or in workplaces and sometimes even in families, there's always this jostling for position or this need to struggle and fight to be seen, to be heard, to be valued, to uh, find your purpose, right? To fulfill your need to be who you want to be. So instead, we want to rise organically to this and be authentic in who we are in moving toward that 13 in creating that story right of who we are we also want to support others um, mutually mutual support win-win not win-lose or lose-lose like this is all about how do we support one another to create the best story possible uh, how do we become a unifying force rather than a separatist force Right. If we're if we're heading, although God only knows when, toward unity, and if we're heading toward unity, this is a, a an opportunity to become a unifying force rather than one that's being polarized or separating. Serve the world with your gifts. That's one way to unify. Right. Be seeing how you can do something unique, and you can share a message that's unique, or you can give of yourself in a unique way, rather than trying to take away from others and what they're doing, right? That's my whole point with the politicians, right? Don't take away from what someone else has done. They probably were doing the best they could with what they had, but tell me how you would do it differently. Tell me how you could serve in a higher way, right? That's the key. So the earth and the sun then are really working to help us uh, in this position. And the earth, by the way, is in a conjunction to the sun or to the moon. So moon and earth, conjunct at the gate seven, while the sun in opposition at the gate 13. So there's a lot of energy around this idea of mutual support, of collaboration, of finding your authentic purpose, and then, you know, really living that purpose, sharing that with others, serving in that capacity. Serving is sharing. Sharing is caring. All right. I just had to say that. Uh, all right. Let's look at what other comments are being said here. Amy D have so much going on with new career path and life direction. I gave Leo rising. Uh, I maybe you mean you have Leo rising uh, with Mars, Venus and Pisces in the seventh house. New relationships, new partnerships, right? New agreements, new contracts. And that's the thing about the seventh house that I think we don't always look at is that it's about the agreements that we've made with others. And did we make agreements that maybe we don't need to keep up to? Like maybe it was an agreement whose time is gone, whose time is past. So make a new agreement, right? All right, that is it for what I need to share with you this morning. But I, I'm, I did the same thing this morning. My cards are far away, but I'm going to bring them over because I want to do a couple of cards. I think we need a Pleiadian card for sure because there's just such a peacefulness, a responsibility-ness to the Pleiadian deck. And then uh, I'll pull an animal card. And let's do the Pleiadian one first. So this will be for the weekend, but more so maybe for how do we m manage to move through 
the full moon and the Mars square Venus and the sun square in Uranus. And the card is <laughs> evolution of perception. Change your perception to create a positive solution to the problem at hand. Let's back up a little bit. This is a very light colored card. It's really pretty though. Pretty colors. We have a sort of central light and then a light from above. I kind of love that card. So perception is card number nine. Uh, it's evolution, perception. Here we go. So worrying or talking about a problem will never change it. Your negative and judgmental perceptions are always colored by your previous experiences and a desire for things to be other than what they are. Positive perceptions come from recognizing the problem, acknowledging it, and working to change your thoughts that are based on previous experience or bad training, conditioning in human design speak. You can never utilize old perceptions or attitudes in the new energy of the present moment. Evolution requires that you release your beliefs about how things are or how they should be and realize that your perception dictates how you feel about everything. Choose to see things from an accurate, positive point of view to resolve any challenges or impediments for a more harmonious and balanced life. The advanced use of this energy comes through the Universal Energy 9, which is harmony. You bring more harmony into your life when you make positive changes as necessary and create positive, accurate perceptions of any situation. That's all about response, guys. Not reacting, not reacting to the husband in your house that decides to turn on all the bright lights at 6 a.m. while you can't even hardly open your eyes yet. <laughs> Don't create a conflict. <laughs> Be at peace. <laughs> okay. Now let's see what animal card might come up for us. The wisdom, and this is a Colette Baron Reed deck uh, called Spirit Animal Oracle. And I love this deck, of course, because I love animals. So let's see what animal can guide us through this weekend. And moth spirit, surrender now. Moth is card number 39, which is a 12, which is a three. Has a bit of a creative edge to it then. So we have moth spirit. I can just hear my one daughter running screaming because she freaks out at moths. But I like moths. I think they're beautiful in a weird sort of way. They're kind of otherworldly even at times. And they can't hurt you. But something primal within us screams at a moth. <laughs> or at least my daughter. All right. Moth spirit says, uh, spirit asks, what is guiding you right now? Are you in alignment with spirit or pursuing something or someone with so much tenacity that it has become a compulsion or addiction? Are you so intoxicated by a potential relationship or opportunity that you can't think straight? Hard work and dedication are virtues and love, of course, is a beautiful thing. However, when moth spirit appears, it is time to consider if you have gone over the edge in a relentless pursuit workaholicism, overeating, perfectionism, or addiction to certainty, or even to a person may be your current vice. This sounds a lot like Venus square Mars. The form of your addiction does not matter so much as the awareness of consequences of remaining persistent when moderation is needed. 
Let go of your excessive energy by channeling it more than in more than one direction. The fire burns hot and you do not want to be engulfed by your passion to the exclusion of all other pursuits that matter to you. Now is the time for surrender and radical acceptance so that your drive does not cause you to flee or to fight. Spirit wants you to release your need for certainty and control so that you can relax into a more balanced way of using your moth spirit energy. Banish the shoulds and the musts so that you can enjoy what is and allow for what might be. <laughs> Good message. Moth. First of all, the color of this card is extraordinary. It's just beautiful. Moth spirit. Surrender now. All right. And I'm going to pull one more card because I can. And that's a Wisdom of the Oracle. Also a Colette Baron, a Colette Baron Reed deck. Wisdom of the Oracle. Since we have three big things, right? We have Sun square Uranus. We have Mars or, or Venus squaring Mars and the full moon. We need three cards. And we get Observer. Observer was upside down. So that's in protection mode. Card 49, which is a 13, which is, is a 4. But I kind of like to keep it at 13. Numerologically, that's not always such a very brilliant number. It kind of speaks to boundaries and limits. But 13 has a sacred edge to it. So it's the Observer card. Observer. And... Um, da -da. And it was upside down again, remember. So it was in protection. Oops, that was the wrong card. There we go. So they, I just closed the book. <laughs> when I got to where I needed to be. Okay, so the essential meaning of the card is perspective, objectivity, neutral observation from a distance, stamping back, right? Detaching. And in the um, protection message, it says, Ever think sometimes your life options are suction cup to your face and you can't see beyond yourself? There's a big world out there, a multitude of potential realities that you're unable to perceive at present. So you're a little stuck. Hmm. It's time to get advice from someone you trust, someone who has a better perspective on your circumstances. Other points of view are needed now before you move forward. Take heart. A beautiful vista is waiting for you to drink it in. You just need a little help widening your scope beyond your small self. That's a good one too. Observer. So observer. All right, guys, that's it for me. Uh, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Much love to all of you. Have a wonderful weekend and full moon. I will see you on Monday. And when we come back on Monday, we'll be talking about a shift in the nodal axis, not by sign, but by human design gates. Take care, everybody. Bye for now.